Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Good morning, Vietnam! I have you now. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Hello! My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. Yeah, so I'm actually going to be out like, for the next two Fridays because this Friday is Good Friday, and then the next right. one I am out um, taking a, a little day for myself. And that sounds um, good. We've got our family thing coming up—the big uh, comic book thing that we do. A whole other kind of good. Friday. As as we do what we do, and so we've—I got the whole family coming with me on Sunday. I go for the whole weekend, and I've got cool. the whole family coming with me on Sunday. So it'll be Sharon and the kids, Sharon's mom, uh, my brother and his girlfriend, who normally would come on a different day, but they're all coming on Sunday. So we have, we have our costumes all ready to go. Cool. So we, uh, we have, I don't know what my brother and his girlfriend are going to do. Cause they usually, they usually dress up as something as well. They kind of go with each other. And, uh, we've kind of always gone the last couple of years. We've gone as uh, star Wars characters. Right. So right. last year, let's see, what was it? Two years ago, uh, John Ezra was a Jedi. Okay. And Nora was, I want to say Nora was a Wookiee. Mm-hmm. Sharon had made like a little, like a baby Wookiee, um, like a little toddler Wookiee costume. Yes, for us that yes I remember that. I remember that. And uh, I think Sharon's mom might have gone as the Emperor. Okay. She had a she had like a coat that has it was almost like a big hooded robe kind of looking thing, so a big black hooded coat. Uh, so she wore that, and I think Sharon was Princess Leia. Cool. Uh, hey, and good. She could do up the buttons and. Yeah, and hey, and good for Sharon's mom getting in. I mean, that's. Oh yeah. I mean, I I don't want to I don't want to assume, and maybe she's huge in the comic books and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, that's that's cool getting into the spirit of things with that. Oh, yeah. So that's no, that's she, cool. She she likes sci-fi stuff. She's not as much comic book fan. Um, but the sci-fi stuff, okay. So she likes sci-fi stuff. So this year, actually, the funny part of it this year is we are, for the most part, my family is still going as Star Wars. Um, I had because my Jedi outfit was expensive enough that I'm going to wear that from now until whenever. Um, so I'm just gonna keep doing the same thing every year. Uh, I think John, John had a Chewbacca costume that I think he used last year and he's going to do that one again this year. Uh, Sharon, we were at the Goodwill store and Sharon actually found the perfect items to go together to make a Han Solo costume. Perfect. So Sharon's going to be Han, uh, and John Ezra is going to be a much shorter Chewy. Okay. Um, and then Nora's going to be R2D2. Okay. She has a little winter hat that looks like R2-D2's dome. And then she's got a, like a white and blue dress that she's going to wear. Awesome. And uh, Sharon's mom's going to be the odd one out this time because she, we were at, I want to say we were at Target maybe. And, okay. I, was, and, and I was looking through like the, the clearance section at the Target stuff. And I found a, it was in with like some jogging stuff. And I found a hoodie that was, um, it was red. 
with black around the shoulders. And, and other than the hood, it looked exactly like a next generation Captain Picard shirt. Awesome. And she's a big Star Trek fan. Good for her. She's actually a little bit more of a Star Trek fan than a Star Wars fan. So uh, okay. she humored us the last couple of years by tagging along with the Star Wars people. So it's going to be kind of funny this time around. The rest of us are Star Wars, except for the one Star Trek person. Right. Okay, well, maybe, you know. And we also happened to find, and this was just total, total luck that we found it when we were at the Goodwill store finding some of the other costume stuff for, you know, for, for our other costume items. Um, mm-hmm. John Ezra, he didn't realize it was a Star Trek thing, but he found a, cause we were looking to trying to find a Nerf gun that looked close enough to Han Solo's blaster without having to go online and buy a, you know, 20 or $30 yeah. Han yeah. Solo blaster. Uh, John Ezra walked up to me and said, is, is this one we could use? And it was a Star Trek six phaser. And I was like, okay. well, that's perfect for Nana. So we're definitely getting that one. So she said, she's actually going to take that and she's going to tape it to the front of her cane that she walks with. So it'll be her, her okay. phaser, phaser cane. Cool. So I told her it's just, she's a senior officer now. So it'll be fun. We, we always have a lot of fun. I mean, half the fun is going to see people in the costumes. Now, like, so I've heard of Comic-Con. Yeah. Would you say this is half the size of Comic-Con? The same oh, size as Comic-Con? Probably not even half. I, okay. I've, I've never been to Comic-Con, but just from what I've heard of it and, um, you know, it, it's the same type of thing. It's just Comic-Con has become this huge thing. And, and again, I've never gone, but it's become this huge thing where it's so much more than comic books and superheroes and sci-fi and that kind of stuff. I mean, it's kind of become the thing where when a movie studio wants to, um, you know, release the new trailer for their action adventure movie, they're going to do it at comic con. Gotcha. And it's just, I mean, all of the, all the celebrities are there and, you know, they've got all the, the panel discussions and all the big studios are there and stuff like that. So it's, it's gotten to be a really huge thing. Actual like physical size wise, I don't know how much bigger it is than something like C2E2, but mm-hmm. um, I know Comic-Con is probably, Comic-Con has to be the biggest. And then I don't know, there's a, a, another big one in New York, Okay. New York Comic-Con. And then there's another one, I want to say it's down in Atlanta called Dragon Con. Okay. Uh, but they have all these different cons that are all over the place. And, and you know, I, New York and, and San Diego Comic-Con, as far as I know, are the two biggest ones. No. Uh, not too many people will uh, will come out to the Midwest. They like to go to the coast. Right. So, right. Midwestern ones are a little bit smaller than the others. And that's okay. Yeah. So now, would you say it's equal parts trade show for for people in comic books and movies and so forth? These shows, or is it like no? You know what? The majority of this is for the fans. This is a mm-hmm. a fan thing, and then there's also some professional things and all that getting in there, but the people that are brought in are literally, um, it's, 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 it's geared towards the fans. It's, it's geared towards the fans. I mean, they have, okay. there is like, for example, my ticket that I have to get in, I, I buy a ticket that gets me in, uh, all three days for the weekend. Okay. Okay. Plus, uh, plus if you are a, uh, if it's a professional ticket, which is the one I get, um, that could either mean you are, maybe you're like a comic book store owner or, uh, gotcha member of the press, or if you're a librarian or an educator, you can get this ticket. So oh, okay, cool. that's how I get this ticket every year being a teacher. And then that actually allows me to get in an hour before anyone else does on the very first day. Cool. So I get to get in an hour earlier than anybody else. So that's been kind of nice because then if I've got, if there's an artist that I know that's going to be there that early, 
on the Friday, then I, I will just make a beeline straight to where that artist is and make sure I uh, get in line right then and there to get autographs or anything like that. Cause otherwise those lines will, I've been in lines where you have to stand for an hour, maybe even two just to get one person's autograph. So yeah, it gets a little extreme. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's really cool because it's a lot of the, even, even when you, I mean the artist stuff, the artist alley area um, is back towards the back and then they have all the different celebrities that you can buy um, a ticket to get in line to get their autograph, which I've, I've never done. I don't, I don't know. I don't feel the need to pay mm-hmm. $75 for a, a Stan Lee autograph. Um, right. Or, or if you want to pay like 150, you can get an autograph and a picture with him. And you know, while that stuff, would it be cool to have a picture with Stan? Sure. But I don't feel the need to pay $150 to, to make that happen. Yeah. Uh, it's, so, but it, before you get up to all that stuff, I mean, it's just a whole bunch of different um, vendors, and there's a lot of places that'll have like, you know, the vintage toys. They'll sell the toys that like we grew up playing with. Right. Um, you remember we had that one episode? It was almost like a year ago, maybe over a year ago, where we just got on this whole tangent of talking about toys. Wasn't that the Transformer episode? Transformer? I think it was the Transformer one because yeah. we ended up talking about like the Visionaries and the. Um, you know, Thundercats toys and the He-Man stuff and the Muscle Men and all those different things. Yeah. You'll, you'll find all of those. In fact, there was one vendor I went to, and if they hadn't been quite so much, I probably would have gotten some of the little visionary guys, the ones that had the holograms on their chests. Right. Um, I probably would have gotten some of those, but the, there was one guy that had just an, an entire wall of his booth that he had set up. And, and some of these are pretty sizable booths. Um, an entire wall was just those. Yeah. And that's all he was selling or they're selling like the old star Wars figures from the seventies and early eighties and, um, just all kinds of pop culture stuff and geeky things. And, uh, there's one vendor that sells, um, flasks that look like Nintendo cartridges. Okay, cool. So, and I, you know, not that I really need a flask or but I carry drinks around with me all the time because I don't, um, well, after today you might want to start after, after today, I might've thought about it, but um, there have been times where I was like, you know what, that, that's kind of funny. Do I want to spend the you know, 15, 20 bucks to buy one of those just cause I think it's funny. Yeah, maybe not, but, um, you know, there's, there's stuff like that. I mean, last year I almost, I didn't do it, but last year I almost bought a, uh, replica license plate from the DeLorean. Okay. Out of time license plate. They had one of those and then they've got a whole bunch of t-shirts and, uh, other stuff that you can get. And, um, I bought last year. I bought a metal statue that is the alien from Aliens. Right, nice. But it's made out of um, like nuts and bolts and springs. And have you ever seen those before, where somebody takes a whole bunch I, of different metal pieces, like screws and? Yep, 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 yep. I have one actually. Oh, do you have one? What, what's yep. your? Uh, it's a well. Here we go. It's a trumpet player. Oh, okay. And then I have one that's uh, there's one that's a trumpet player that's a little bit more. Um, junkyard esque, um, you know, in terms of mis- mix mats, mix matched pieces, and then I have one of a director, and that one's a little bit more. It's a little bit more. It looks well. That one's I think kind of got bolts and like straight bars and stuff. So that one's a little bit more like pieces made for the art. They had a smaller one that was a C three PO and R two D two next to each other. Um, they had one that was RoboCop, one that was the Predator, a Terminator, all kinds of different stuff, and. Right, right. So I might, uh, I might get another one to complement cool. my, my collection for this year. But 
Yeah, and, and I go to get, I, I would love to go and get um, some sketches done. And in, in years past, I've tried to save up a little bit more money so I could go do that, like find my favorite artist and go get a sketch done mm-hmm. um, by that artist. And, and finally, two of my favorite artists from, from a kid, from when I was a kid, from the 80s and 90s, were there um, a couple years ago. And I was really excited. I was like, I'm going to go straight to this guy's table. I'm going to get him to autograph one of my comics. And then I'm going to get him to do a sketch for me. Because what they'll do is, especially if it's somebody who's you know, a bigger name person, you go there, you get there as quick as you can. You tell them what you'd like. You pay them your cash. You pay them the money. And then they'll put you on a list. And over the course of the weekend, they might have to wait until the day is over and they go back to their hotel and then they do the drawings. Mm-hmm. Um, they might not do them just right then and there. But, uh, you know, they'll take the list and then you can come back like the next day or later that day and, and they'll have your drawing for you, depending on how big of a drawing you want it to be. Right. So two of my favorite artists from the the eighties and nineties were, uh, Jeff Scott Campbell did a, a comic called gen 13 mm-hmm. and Dan Jurgens was kind of a really big writer and artist. Uh, he was kind of the, one of the main guys that did the writing and the art for when, uh, Superman died back in the nineties. Okay. So the whole death of Superman thing and, and all that. And I always said, if, if he ever comes here, if either of those guys ever come here, then I want to get a sketch from one of those guys. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Dan Jerkins, I went, he was there when I was able to get in for that early hour, uh, first thing on the Friday morning. And it was a couple years ago, I think. And I had saved up a little bit of extra money. So I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to go get a sketch from him. Cause I think that would just be really fun to have a sketch from my favorite artist. And I get over there and there's already some people there that are asking him, you know, giving him, you know, their money and other stuff for commissions for him to draw. And I looked at his list at what his prices were. Um, you know, you can get like a little postcard sketch that he could probably do for you in like five minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could get a, a normal uh, like sheet of paper size, like an eight and a half by 11 size sketch. They would even sketch stuff that's bigger. They would sketch little tiny you know, trading card size things. And I looked at his prices and, and I had anticipated, um, you know, cause I'd looked at other sketch stuff before and I was like, you know what, I, if it's, if it's 60, 60, 70 bucks. Okay. If it's okay. 60 or $70, then I will do, I'd like to get an eight and a half by 11, like a full size page. Um, you know, if it's like 60, 70 bucks, then I, I think I could swing that. If it's more than that, I don't know if it's worth it. I mean, it would be right. cool, but you, then you're getting to a point where it's like, yeah. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So I, I went over there and, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm remembering the number wrong, but it was still much higher than what I thought it would be. I want to say it was going to be like 60 or 70 bucks just to get like a little postcard size thing done. Okay. And you know, just to like, they'll do a headshot. They'll just do a character's face, um, you know, for 60 or 70 bucks. And then like for the full size that I wanted, I want to say it was like 120 or 140. Yeah. That's getting up there. And I was like, I, 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 I'm not faulting the guy for charging that much because it, it is artwork and, you know, he's an artist and he can sell it for whatever he wants. But like at that point, I, I, I got a little deflated at that point. I was like, you know, that would have been really cool, but well, I, I, I do have, I do have other things I want to spend my money on and I, I'm bringing my whole family here in a couple of days. So I'd like to have some money left over so they can do stuff and, and yeah. all that. Yeah. And you know, you'll think 150 bucks. I mean, how many comics right. you could buy, how many you could buy, you know, oh, at that convention, I could buy easily, you know, somewhere between 150 and 300 comics for that. Yeah. So I then you've it. got all the, then you've got all the comic book vendors that sell their stuff for a dollar, maybe fifty cents. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's it's cool. It's a good time, and I've had other like friends and family ask, you know, would this be a good thing to take our kids to? 
And I'd say, you know what? We waited until our kids were a little bit older because it is very busy. It's very crowded, mm-hmm. especially on the kids' day. But there's you know a lot of kids running around and other stuff. But I mean, it can get if you're if if you're at all claustrophobic, probably not a good thing to go to because mm-hmm. um, it can get a little bit busy. Um, but it is, it's a lot of fun. And, and half the fun is just seeing other people in their costumes. I mean, people come right. up with some crazy, uh, and, and really cool costumes. Um, I've actually been doing, so if anybody uh, follows us on Twitter, I've been doing for the last 40, 40 days at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, huh, I, convenient for this time of year. I know. Um, so I, it was, it was about 40 days ago, because today is day 10, I started tweeting with the hashtag 50 days of C2E2. Okay. And I had made a list of 50 of my favorite memories of going to C2E2 in the last few years, um, you know, including some of the stuff with the kids and people that we had seen in costume and just, you know, meeting some of the, the artists and writers and celebrities and things like that. So for the last 40 days, I've been tweeting one thing every day that I enjoyed about going over the last few years. And a good portion of the things I've been tweeting have been like some of the really cool costumes that people have done. Okay. And there are some people that they just spend, they just must spend ridiculous amounts of time and money on these costumes that they come up with. Mm-hmm. So I, I will share some of those. I mean, when I'm there, you know, for the, when I'm there for the weekend, I'll, I'll take pictures and I'll probably put them up on, on Twitter and Instagram for our podcast stuff. But yeah, uh, that'd be cool. It's, that'd be cool. It's just it's a lot of fun to go see. Cool. So, and they do have a lot of fun kids stuff too. They do a, uh, they do like a lightsaber battle. Um, I think they had like a Nerf gun war at one point. Um, they have like a kids costume parade and all kinds That's of stuff. Cool. So it's, if well, the kids are too little, I mean, I've seen people bring babies, but if, if the kids are too little, I'd almost say maybe better just to wait a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. Toddler, nah, not toddler, but like, uh, you know, I, I, would, kind of- I wouldn't take a toddler, but I mean, I've, I've seen people there with almost like newborn babies. Yeah. To me, that's a little crazy, but yeah, that's, you know, to each yeah. their own, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Not our place to judge, John. Not our place to I'm, judge. I'm, I'm certainly not here to judge. Uh, yeah. I'm here to, it's, this is now like 15, 20 minutes later, but I'm here to introduce you to the 30 tw- something movie podcast. I almost just turned us into the 20 something movie podcast there. Well, uh, you know, hey, we've been at it so long, we're we're going backwards. We're not we're not that new and happening yet. Yeah. So, um, but uh, y- you are listening to the Thirty Something Movie Podcast, and you have been this entire time we've been talking. But uh, just took us until now to get to the official introduction. So, welcome. Uh, this is episode number one hundred and twenty-six. Uh, we're we're marching right along here. So, this is coming yeah. out on April twelfth, twenty seventeen. And, uh, so this time around, we're going to be talking the chipmunk adventure. There it is. We'll, we'll get to that one here in, in just a minute. But, uh, you know, Pat, you did say that was the, the first time you'd ever watched this one. So we'll, we'll delve into that here in a little bit. We will, we'll, we'll explore, we'll break it down. Yeah. So real quick, I, I got some new movie things, uh, that I want to talk about just real quick for each one. We'll, we'll jump through those real fast. And then, um, I did want to say really fast top of the show here. Uh, we do spoil the events of the movies that we talk about. So if you have not seen, uh, if you don't want to be spoiled on these things, then, uh, mm-hmm. you may want to come back and listen to it later. Um, but, uh, especially for the, the chipmunk adventure, we're going to be talking about that and spoiling the storyline of that one, but we might also mention other movies here and there. So if you just don't like to be spoiled when it comes to movies, then maybe come back and listen later, or maybe I don't want to say don't listen, but if, 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 if you're, about, you know, if you haven't seen the chipmunk movie yet, 
Go finish your uh, color by number ditto right. sheet from your teacher. Get a good night's go. sleep. And then this there weekend, you, you can watch the chipmunk movie. Just make sure to wa- ask your mom and dad first. Absolutely. Okay. Did that sound sarcastic? Uh, I didn't mean it to be sarcastic. Maybe a little bit. It was maybe a little <laughs> condescending, but that's okay. <laughs> I, it was all in jest. I'm going to have, it's going to be the Pee Wee Herman and the chipmunk people going to beat me up now. Any, anybody who listens to the show knows that we are reasonably nice guys. I think so. so like, we're not, I mean, we, we kind of, we, we kind of tear each other down on occasion, but yeah, but that's all Dennis's fault. It's only when he's here. And with, an, and with all due respect, that's when we have food. So as long as there's, that's true too. You that's, know, as long as the food is provided, you could say whatever you want. Say whatever you want. I, call me anything, but late for dinner. That's right. All right. And very, very quickly, if you could leave us a review on iTunes, if you're listening to the show and you enjoy what you're hearing um, and you want to let us know what you're enjoying uh, or that you are enjoying the show, that just, that helps us. Um, Not that we're here. We're obviously, we're not here for ratings. We're not, you know, we love it that there's, uh, there seems to be several people listening to the show and we've got a lot of followers on Twitter and all that. Uh, we're just doing this because we love movies. We love to talk about movies. So if you're listening to the show and you enjoy it, please jump on over to iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. And there's usually a spot there where you can rate the podcast. And that just lets us know. I usually get an email or some kind of notification from those different places that someone has left a review. And that just kind of lets us know what we're doing and uh, you know what we could be doing differently. Or, hey, if we're on the right track, then we will keep going with being on the right track. Mm-hmm. So tonight I have with me Pat Canigallo. Hey, hey, hey. So uh, let's jump into the new movie news real quick. And I know we've already been going for like 20 some minutes and we want to get into the, the chipmunk movie. Um, right. Maybe we'll just, we'll run through these kind of, kind of quick, but yeah, four things. So let me start off. I'll just start off with the first one. We'll just do a, you know, like a couple minutes for each one of these and then we'll get going with the other stuff. You do it, man. Go for it. So first one I've got here, rumors that 2019 could be kind of a busy year for us and a very, um, let's say like, uh, maybe a bit of an open door policy for our wallets. Uh, <laughs> yeah, tw- more so than any of these other years, I guess. Um, 2019 apparently could see four Batman-related movies come out in the same year. Jeez. Not all necessarily featuring Batman, but featuring Batman characters. Okay. Um, so the four movies are Gotham City Sirens, which is supposed to be kind of a follow-up to Suicide Squad. Um, the Margot Robbie, who played Harley Quinn in Suicide Squad will be kind of the lead actress in this movie. Uh, but it's going to be Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, and Catwoman are the three main characters uh, for that one. So that one, I think, will be coming out first in 2019. Then there's going to be the Nightwing movie, which I am very excited about because I always liked the character of Nightwing in the comic books. Uh, then there is supposed to be the Batgirl movie, which rumors are right now is directed by Joss Whedon, and we talked about that one a little bit on our last show. Uh, and then finally, I think... I don't know if it was going to be in the summertime. I forget when it was going to be released, but then finally the Batman with um, Ben Affleck as Batman. So that would be the actual Batman movie coming out that year. So is that too much? Is that just enough? Is it, do you want that much Batman in your life in 2019? Well, uh, I think I'm not going to go like the cynics. I mean, I've talked to, you know, some people that just say, Oh man, you know, it's just more and more and more and you get fatigued and you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to go with that, but I'm not going to like go crazy bandwagon jumping. Uh, just, you know, I think if some of them look good or, you know, if there's a crew of people going out, I might check it out. Um, but otherwise a lot of these, I might just say, Hey, wait till they're at the library or wait till they're, you know, red box and pick them off then kind of thing. So I'm, I'm going to take kind of a measured 
approach. Don't want to get too high. Don't want to get too low. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I still, I still have not, and I think I said this last time, I still have not seen suicide squad yet. Um, so I would like to see that one just to kind of see how things are going with that. I know what I've heard with the reviews and everything else, but, um, you know, I don't know that I'm crazy excited about the Gotham city sirens movie. It sounds interesting. I'm sure at some point I will see it, but, um, you know, it, it, that's not the one that's got me excited. The Batgirl one to me sounds interesting again. And I would be curious to see, you know, Joss Whedon, um, you know, obviously did a, a very good job with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which I kind of feel, you know, could have Batgirl could have kind of a Buffy the Vampire Slayer vibe to it, especially since she's supposed to be about the same age. Right. Um, and then he did the, the Avengers movies as well. Um, I'm, I'm really interested to see Ben Affleck in his own Batman movie. Right. Uh, I, I think what we've seen from Batman versus Superman and the justice league trailers, I like the direction that his Batman is going in, um, right. where I feel like it's a little bit, he's kind of mellowing out. He was very gruff and very serious and very intense in, uh, Bivis Dodge. And then he's right. kind of mellowed out and we've got a little bit more comedy coming in, a little more lightheartedness coming in, in the, in the justice league movie. So I'm curious to see that the one I'm actually more excited about for all of these is probably Nightwing. Yeah. Because that one, I just, I always liked his character. Do you know the character of Nightwing? Um, Dick Grayson, right? Yeah. 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 So that was when Dick Grayson grew up enough that he wasn't going to be Robin anymore. He kind of left and he wanted to become his own hero. And so to kind of differentiate himself from being Robin, he switched over and came up with the name of Nightwing and, uh, kind of had his own stuff going on. He was his own, his own hero. Um, and then he kind of on occasion would come back and help out Batman with, you know, all the other stuff, but he had his own thing going on and he was a very different, you know, he was almost more of a, because he was kind of like a 20 something guy. Uh, he almost had a little bit more of a lighthearted take. He was almost like Batman with a sense of humor. Right. Right. Okay. So, and I always kind of liked that. I mean, I've always liked Batman as a character, but in terms of somebody that, you know, if, if I could jump into the comic book world and I was like, you know what, not only is this person a cool superhero, but I could actually sit down and have lunch with them and have a conversation with them. I don't think I could do that with Batman. I could do that with Nightwing. Right. So to okay. me, he was always a little bit more of an interesting character. Cool. Cool. So well, yeah. I'm, I'm good with that one, but I'll, I'm, I mean, I'm going to go see all these, but. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to prejudge. And I think I get excited because this is bringing things from my childhood that I remember either seeing as a cartoon. I never read a ton of comics, but comics that buddies would lend me. You know, I saw them as a cartoon or animated or the comic, blah, 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 blah. We're seeing it live action, and it's pretty cool seeing that brought to life. That being said, I mean, you know, I, I, I can't say that uh, I'm definitely going to hit each one opening night at the the full, you know. Right. The, you know what I'm saying? It's just, I'm taking a measured approach and, you know, as long as they're still entertaining, I'll probably still check them out in some way, shape or form. So, yeah. Oh, definitely. All right. Well, second thing I got here, uh, there was a statement made by, and you and I kind of already talked about this one a little bit and we kind of both had the exact same reaction. <laughs> I wish um, we could have recorded that reaction. I know that would have been, we need a YouTube channel is what we need to do. Yeah, I know. Uh, statement was made by Bob Iger that the new Han Solo movie in the new Han Solo movie, we will find out how he met Chewie, which mm -hmm. makes total sense. Probably how cool. he, how he, uh, 
found himself in ownership of the Millennium Falcon, and we'll find out what Han's real last name is. Yeah. <laughs> so how does that make you feel, Pat? It's just now they're now they're reaching. That's yeah. what I say to that. And I hope that was a trial balloon to see what everyone would think. And then all yeah. of a sudden everyone thinks, you know, it just yeah, okay. How did he meet Chewie? You hear little snippets of it and it's like, yeah, let's let's tell that story. How did he get the Millennium Falcon? Okay, well he met Lando and you know there's some talk about him winning it in a Sabak game or whatever. And okay, let's see how that happened. Why do we need to like know who Han Solo's real name is? That's like we're trying to figure out who Ray and Finn and all this and all this kind of thing. And it's just like it seems like they're trying to like uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, bottle lightning. You know what I'm saying? Or, or, or get, right. it's just have a unique thought. Right. You're, you know, you're trying to manufacture mystery where there should be none. Yes. Just tell a good and and I'm going to just, okay, I'm talking too long on the quick thing, but it seems like that was the problem with a lot of the DC movies like Bivis Dodge. They're trying to manufacture something where there really isn't. Just tell a good movie. Make right. a good movie. Yeah. That's why Wonder Woman looks cool. It looks like it's just going to be a really cool movie. They're right. not trying to do all this stuff. It's Star Wars. You've got it. It's the golden goose. You're doing a great job with it. Just make a good movie. Yeah. You know, I mean, just make a good movie. Well, and you're, I mean, I feel like you're already going to have people. I, I don't have a problem with the new Han Solo movie, and especially like some of the pictures I've seen and some of the people they've cast for parts in that movie. I don't have a problem with this movie at all. I think the directors are going to do a good job with it. It's the same guys that directed the Lego movie. Um, you know, so you, there's going to be some comedy in there. It's, it's going to be funny, um, you know, maybe more so than other Star Wars movies. I'm sure it'll probably have a slightly different feel to it than the other Star Wars movies, which, which I'm totally fine with. Um, but I feel like there's going to be other people out there who are saying, okay, first of all, it's not Harrison Ford. And mm -hmm. why are you doing a young Han Solo movie anyway? And this guy doesn't look like Harrison Ford. And then, and then I feel like for those people, and again, you can't please everybody and you shouldn't necessarily try to please everybody, but I kind of feel like you're going to have some of those people that they're already going to be going into this movie saying that's, Hashtag not my Han Solo. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you'll make Corellia great again. That kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm doing it again. I don't know why. Um, and then you're going to put this thing on it where it's like, oh, you, well, Solo's not his real last name. Oh. Why? Why? I, and, and I try not to be the kind of person that has these you know, knee-jerk reactions to, you know, a story comes out, so... I immediately, you know, must blast my opinion all over the internet in the first five minutes the story comes out, um, or else I've lost my chance. Mm -hmm. I, I don't feel like I'm that kind of a person, so right. you're not the president. You don't get to do. I'm sorry. Did I say no, that? No. Right? Did you say that? I. That's okay. <laughs> I, I can. I can totally not edit that in post, so it's okay. <laughs> um, okay. But I, I mean, I just don't. I don't see a need for it. And and if they do something. If this works out in such a way that it's just amazing, and yes, that totally makes sense mm -hmm. as to why he has a different name, and it, then fine. Okay, I, it, I'm I'm a little uneasy about it right now. Um, I, I don't I don't like it right now, yeah. but I'm willing to be. I think you and I have said the same thing before with other situations. I'm willing to be proven wrong, mm -hmm. and I'm totally fine with that. I just I don't see it right now. Yeah. So I'm hoping they do prove me wrong. And I'm hoping that in some way, and maybe it's not even a big deal. 
maybe it's like some little tiny moment in the movie. Like they did something with the comic books, um, you know, maybe about a year ago or so they introduced a character and these are the comics that, uh, Marvel is doing that are supposed to take place in between star Wars and empire strikes back. Right. Okay. So it takes, so it takes place almost immediately, like weeks after they blew up the first death star mm-hmm. and in the comics, you get introduced to this character. And I think her name was Santa. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first time you meet her, uh, she reveals like right at the very end of the issue, um, she reveals that she's Han Solo's wife. Yeah. And you're like, what? Oh, okay. Cool. Hold on a minute. Yeah. (laughs) Um, No. So then that was a whole big, huge thing when that happened. And as it turned out, it wasn't even really that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. So as, as they do with, you know, some of this comic book stuff, they blow it totally out of proportion in the news. And then when you actually see the story in action, it's like, oh, well, that's not even, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. So yeah, but I'm, I'm kind of hoping that that's what this is. And if they prove me wrong they prove me wrong and that's great. That's awesome. I'm still going to be there. My butt's going to be in the seat watching the movie yeah. regardless. So I just hope that it's not some gimmicky thing that they're doing to try to, you know, start controversy and create mystery where there is none or right. where there needs to be none. Exactly. Well said. Yeah. All right. Well, our, our next one here, and actually I'm going to play the uh, audio for the uh, trailer here, just so others can listen to it. Um, but the mummy. Welcome to a new world of gods and monsters. <laughs> I saw her. She is real. Please meet Princess Amanet. She will claim what she has been denied. Okay, so with the with the mummy, um, this is a this is the kind of the attempt to reboot the universal monster movies franchise okay. um, back in the day with like the creature from the black lagoon, the Wolfman, the mummy, the invisible man, uh, Frankenstein, Dracula, all those universal monster movies. Um, and, and those were some of my favorite movies as a kid. I loved watching all those old movies. Um, I, at some point I, I would like to go find, and actually I looked a little while ago, couldn't find one that I really liked, but I would like to go find like a, a box set of like the DVD Blu-rays of oh, yeah. all the monster movies, just so I have them and I can watch them at some point. Oh yeah. Um, which, which then, of course, they all led into like the Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein and all those other really good old monster movies that are out there. Um, they uh, probably about two, maybe two years ago, announced that Universal Pictures said that they were going to create a universe, much like the Marvel universe, the DC universe. Um, <clears throat> of create their own universe in which they reboot the universal monster movies. Okay. And I think if I read right somewhere, the people in charge of this are going to be Alex Kurtzman, who has been writing and producing the newest star Trek movies. Okay. Um, and the other writer, I think did I, I have his name written down right here. If I can find it, Chris Morgan, who did the writing for the last seven fast and the furious movies. Okay. 
So, so we've got some decent writers and producers on this, and The Mummy is going to be the first one. And they just came out maybe like a week or two ago um, with the first trailer for The Mummy, starring Tom Cruise. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of like a reboot, a reimagining of the original The Mummy story. And then supposedly, over the course of the next few years, they are going to bring out um, Wolfman, The Invisible Man, Bride of Frankenstein, a Van Helsing movie, and a creature from the Black Lagoon, and probably some others as well. All right, well, there you go. So that's kind of the plan going forward. When I, f- I remember when I first heard about this, all I thought was, eh, no, nope, 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 nope. I-, I love those old movies. They're just going to mess them up. They're going to be, you know, it's going to be like the the Mummy Returns. I, I hated the Mummy Returns. I love the Mummy, mm-hmm. that one with Brendan Fraser, but did not like Mummy Returns. And I just, it was kind of like. I don't really think this is going to turn out well, but mm-hmm. now that I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking, you know what? It's not going to, we've said this on the podcast before. It's not going to tarnish the old ones. Nope. So I, what do I care? I can go back and rewatch those old ones. You know, they're not going to, unless they're, you know, headed by George Lucas, they're not going to go back and change stuff from the old ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can go back and rewatch those anytime I want. So now I've kind of come to the conclusion that, I'm okay with this and, and I'm, I'm willing to go see these. I'm willing to give these a chance. Um, I, I don't think, I don't think that they will have the same effect on me that those old monster movies did that I loved growing up as a kid. Mm-hmm. But again, like with the Han Solo thing, I'm, I'm willing to have them prove me wrong. Yeah. So the mummy one, it looks interesting. Uh, it's, you know, it's a, a little bit of a different take than the original one. Um, and it looks pretty interesting, but, um, we'll just kind of we'll see how it goes from there so i don't know i did you watch those monster movies growing up or i i did i mean i saw the brendan fraser monster movies but are you talking like older oh i'm talking like the the originals like the old black and whites with yes okay so and lon chaney and yeah okay so funny i never watched that much just i mean my parents were never into them so i never caught that much but our school library had a whole series of books Mm. on each one on the monsters from the different monster movies. Okay. And that even got into, they even got into like, there was a series on like Godzilla, Mothra, oh, Mechagodzilla, yeah. you know? So I remember checking those things out and just reading about each one of the monsters um, and all that kind of stuff. So it, uh, uh, I, I feel like I know of them, but I've never seen the movies. So, you know, I get to see them and that's cool. Yeah. So yeah, so I'm kind of I'm kind of looking forward to those now. I at first I was feeling a little uneasy about it, but but uh, yeah, it could you be know fun. what? Yeah, and you know what, John? I'm going to just jump right out and say something about this. And in you know we're unsure of these movies and all this kind of stuff. And I I think, and I I mean I don't like to talk about age difference between us and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, I I realized it was a couple years ago that no one really cares about me anymore. Okay. Now here's what I mean. I, I care. Like, I, I, I realize that, but <laughs> let me, let me, let me, <laughs> I care. I let care. Me, let, me, let me explain my thought. What if he cares about anyone or anything? <laughs> I care. I care. No, but, but here's, here's my thought. I, I like motorcycles. And yeah. every time I'm reading in these magazines and reading about, you know, all this kind of stuff, they're always talking about motorcycles and they're trying to get kid people that are between the ages of like 18 and 32 or 33. Mm-hmm. That's what they care about. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And then, uh, car racing. 
I watch a lot of car racing and bike racing and all that. And they're always talking about, oh man, we're really trying to hook in the 18 to like 34 year olds. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's what we want to do to make this sport. We are no longer the target demographic. Exactly. And I told that to my dad the other day. I said, not the other day. It was a couple of years ago. It was right when I was like turning 35, 36. And I said, you know, dad, it just occurred to me. They don't care about us anymore, do they? And he kind of laughed. And then when I explained the thought, he says, yeah, that's kind of true because they already know we're hooked. And so it's kind of like I, I kind of feel the same way about these movies that, you know, where, where, where we sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm like, dude, what, what are you doing? What? As long as they get enough people in the seats that, um, you know, a $10 million movie makes $15 million. Well, they made five million bucks, you know, and obviously the numbers aren't right. Then right. they succeeded. And as long as they can get that target demographic that gets in there and pays, then then it's golden. And so yeah. I think that with some of these movies, I just kind of think like, I, I just don't think I'm the target demographic. And yeah. they they just aren't caring that I remember the old one. And they're, you know what I'm saying? They don't care. That right. I, but so. you know what? They will, they will, uh, they will fill out racks. They placate you with the occasional uh, motorcycle chase and, yeah. you know. Yeah, like The Matrix is going to be all done on motorcycles, like we were talking about the other weekend. And so right. that's why, you know, they're doing that just to get me in the theater. Right. <laughs> oh. Oh. All right. Well, our last one um, is, and, and this one, I, the, my day was so busy today that I did not get a chance to, you know, barely have lunch and breathe and all those things that humans do. Uh, and then you, being the good friend that you are, stopped by my office this afternoon when I just happened to be in and that's that and, was fun for me. This was fun for me because I'm usually the last guy to find out. Oh, I know, yeah. Do you remember the whole Rogue I'm usually One? Telling you, about stuff. you remember the whole Rogue oh, yeah. One drama where I was just excited oh, yeah. and all it was was a movie poster? <laughs> right. Okay, so continue. I'm sorry. Pat, Pat, that's, that's just the poster. I don't care. <laughs> well, then uh, watch this. This is really going to blow your mind. I'm sorry. I, I'm derailing it. Go ahead. Continue with you, your narration. Let me show you, introduce you to moving pictures. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so you came into my office today and you said, have you seen the new Thor Ragnarok trailer? And I was not even thinking, I knew that at some point this week, because it was the week of Star Wars celebration in Orlando, that the Last Jedi trailer is most likely coming out sometime this week. Um, so in terms of like movie stuff, other than thinking about, hey, we're doing a podcast on the chipmunk adventure and Star Wars trailer is coming out sometime soon. I really wasn't thinking about anything else coming out. And... Um, so when you came in and you said, hey, Thor Ragnarok trailer came out today, I'm like, really? Mm -hmm. Now I know what you're thinking. How did this happen? Well, it's a long story. Is dead. Hi there. What have you brought today? Tell me. A contender. 
It's main event time. He's a friend from work. Oh, come on. Let's allow me to brighten up my day. Um, so while you were there, pulled it up on my computer and, and watched it. And I will say that this, and I, and I, I know that they're doing this on purpose. They have to be doing this on purpose. The trailer itself has a very 80s vibe to it mm-hmm. uh, with the music and with the font that they're using and the colors. Um, and it, it can't be any coincidence at all that the colors, kind of the color palette of this movie looks almost exactly like guardians of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going with that kind of classic rock soundtrack vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the humor to it, uh, the, the color palette, uh, which I mean, would make sense if guardians of the galaxy is, you know, if they're traveling around the galaxy, then things might be the same color and the same design and some of that stuff. So, um, but you know, I, and then I showed the trailer to the kids when I got home tonight and that they were just like, wait a minute, the, that lady grabbed the, the hammer, but hold on. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I remember guys, he's the only one supposed to be able to, to hold on to that thing. And then she shatters the whole thing. And they're like, what? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's like I Cypher mean, which, in the matrix, bet you didn't see that one coming, right. did you? Right. Which then, you know, it's, it, that part of the trailer is great anyway, because it sets up the whole thing of, wow, this is going to be, you know, the hammer's gone and all this other stuff is happening. And Asgard looks to be destroyed and everything else. But the best part of the trailer is when they when Thor is captured and he's dropped into that arena. And I, I totally should have known this was coming because I know the comic book stories and I know um and I've heard some of the rumors about what this movie is going to feature in it. Um and I knew that it was going to feature um Thor teaming up with one of the other Avengers and having it be almost like a not like a buddy cop movie, but kind of like a galactic buddy cop kind of movie. Mm-hmm. And uh when he gets there in the, in the arena at the moment I saw that, I think I even looked at you. I was like, I know what's coming. <laughs> and, and then they announce it at the incredible. And then he smashes through the door. Oh, and, and just the look on his face when he just goes, yes, I know. we know each other. He's a friend from work. That line is that's- hilarious. <laughs> well, and see, that's the one that makes me think that this is going to have a very much a guardians of the galaxy kind of vibe to it. Okay. Is that it's and some of that other humor that has been in the Avengers movies that is just when they've done it right. Mm-hmm. To me, it's it's like that kind of stuff. It's like these could be guys that are just these are like normal people. It's right. it's not a a crazy and I'm I'm turning it into like a Marvel DC thing. And just to reiterate, as I have many times before, I am a bigger DC fan than I am Marvel fan. But I think Marvel is balancing their characters and their stories better than DC is in terms of the humor and in terms of these being likable characters and, and stuff like that. Um, but that, I mean, that line just made the entire trailer. Yes. Yes. And then they charge each other. Like, God, kidding me. Yes. 
Yes, yes, yeah. yes, John. So, yes. So I'm, I'm pumped up to see this one now. Yes. Cool. All right. Well, we should probably get on into the Chipmunk movie. Yes, we can. Can I throw two new movie things in? And I mean, this doesn't even yeah. discussion. Okay. One, I heard the other day that Daniel Craig has signed on or agreed to do one more Bond movie. Okay. I, I thought I heard something about that too. Yeah. yeah supposedly he was doing some stage thing uh, with uh, Barbara Broccoli or Broccoli, however you say that name. And I think it's Broccoli. Broccoli. And he just said he in, yeah. really enjoys working with her or working for her. And so he was up for doing another bond. Okay. So I, I don't know. I haven't fact checked it. So that's cool. And then the other yeah. thing I just want to say, you know, the passing, uh, recognize the passing of Don Rickles a couple of yeah. days ago. Um, well, probably almost a week ago now. No. Yeah. Almost about a week. Yeah. It's been almost and, a week. Yeah. And uh, just uh, what a wonderfully uh, funny and entertaining man. And I mean, obviously I know he was more stand up comedian and all that, but I, the first time I came, came in contact with him uh, was watching the movie Run Silent, Run Deep, which he had a, uh, he had a role in. Okay, and yeah. so um, um, I think it was Run Silent, Run Deep. Burt Lancaster, Clark Gable, and I think he was in it too. It was either that or Torpedo. It was an old World War II submarine okay. movie. I think it was Run Silent, Run Deep. Anyways, you know, obviously he was 90 and he lived a full life and all that, so on and so forth. But you see these guys that just, just helped shape and we're so, you know, shape movies and shape comedy and shape, you know, these, these big facets of art and entertainment and all that. And, uh, you know, with, with their passing, that's, you know, kind of a sad day and a, and a chance just to remember all the wonderful things that they brought all of us because, uh, uh, you know, just it's, it's pretty cool when you see someone that is given and, and, and done that much, you know, and is that big of a name and, and so forth. Absolutely. If anybody wants to see a, a good example of Don Rickles doing what he did best, um, you know, he, he was an insult artist. Oh, and yes. if you want to, if you want to see him doing what he does, I, I went on the day that I found out he had died. I went onto YouTube and I found a couple of different clips of when he had been on Johnny Carson's show. Oh gosh. Yeah. So if, if, if you're not as familiar with him, go onto YouTube and search up Don Rickles, Johnny Carson. And I'm sure you'll probably find, one of the same ones that I found and it's just, it, it's just nonstop. Yes. Uh, you know, he's not as, uh, he's not as maybe, um, frantic and manic as Robin Williams was, but I mean, he is just like, he, he's a lot faster than everybody else. Mm -hmm. You know, whenever he's in a room with people, it's, you know, he's just one zinger after another. And, um, you know, it, it, it was great. Yes. So, yeah. So if you're not as familiar with him and you want to get an example, I, I would recommend doing that. Go search up, uh, go search up Don Rickles, Johnny Carson. And that was, there were some pretty good clips on there. Definitely. All right. Well, let's jump on into the chipmunk adventure. Chipmunks. So this movie came out May 22nd. Uh, it was May 22nd, 1987 rated G director was Janice Carmen, who was married to Ross Bagdasarian, uh, who is the son of the, um, owner of the uh, chipmunks. Um, you know what? Now that I've said that, I think it is. I'm, I'm getting myself confused because the original creator of the chipmunks was Ross Bagdasarian mm -hmm. and the son is Ross Bagdasarian Jr. Mm -hmm. So now I've just gotten myself confused on who she was married to. I'm pretty certain that, that the, uh, the woman who directed this was married to the son. Okay. Yeah, I just got myself really confused there, but I'm, I'm pretty certain that's because I think this was like a husband and wife thing that they were working on this movie yeah. together. Yeah. 
Well, she was um, married to like somebody. A, she was married to Ross. So, you know, it's, yeah. it's either an episode of Friends or it's the Chipmunks Adventure. Exactly. Um, uh, she also directed uh, some episodes of the, the only other thing she really directed was a new uh, 2015 to 2016 cartoon series called Alvin and the Chipmunks. Okay. Uh, Ross Magnusarian Jr. produced this one. Uh, he produced everything Chipmunks. It was his dad that I uh, said originally, originally created the Chipmunks. Uh, Stephen Hahn also produced this one. Uh, he produced a whole bunch of stuff that we grew up enjoying. Uh, he was a producer on the Dino Riders cartoon. Oh, yes. And I love that one. And I used to have a whole bunch of the toys of that one, too. Oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. He was, the, uh, he was a production manager on Thundercats, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Real Ghostbusters, and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. There it is. Uh, writer for this one was the, I'm assuming again, the husband and wife team of Ross Bagdasarian Jr. and Janice Carmen, and they again wrote pretty much everything. Uh, music by Randy Edelman, who did the music for MacGyver, Twins, Ghostbusters 2, Kindergarten Cop, My Cousin Vinny, and Billy Madison. Uh, budget for this one, not sure. Uh, I do know that it was kind of self-financed uh, by uh, Bagdasarian and Carmen, uh, but the box office was $6.8 million, so it did not make a lot of money in okay. terms of you know, cartoon stuff, movies. Yes. Um, yes. So Ross Bagdasarian Jr. played the voices of David, Alvin, and Simon, and he has pretty much been in everything Chipmunks. Uh, Janice Carmen played the voices of Theodore, Brittany, Jeanette, and Eleanor, and she's been in everything Chipmunks. Uh, Dodie Goodman, who died in 2008, played the voice of Miss Miller. She was in Different Strokes and Splash. Susan Tyrell, who died in 2012, played Claudia Firstein. I think it was Firstein or Firstein. Uh, she was in Fat City, Big Top Pee Wee, and Crybaby. Anthony DeLongis played Klaus Firstein, and he was in Masters of the Universe, which we're actually going to be doing in here just a couple of weeks. Uh, Red Dead Redemption and Star Trek Voyager. Frank Welker uh, played the voice of Sophie the dog and some other additional voices. He was in Transformers. He was Megatron in Transformers. Uh, he was in the real Ghostbusters and he was in Scooby-Doo as well. And this one, and I did not remember this as a kid, um, didn't pick up on it, but I definitely did this time as soon as I heard the voice. Um, a, a little part in this one, but the little Arabian prince Mm -hmm. that kind of captures the, uh, the chipettes uh, was played by Nancy Cartwright, who was the voice of Bart Simpson. Oh, okay. And Nancy Cartwright did, uh, has done the Simpsons, Rugrats, Animaniacs, the Snorks, the Pound Puppies, and Alvin and the Chipmunks. So all over the place. Yep. All right. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, there was no critic score for this one. The audience score gave it an 87% okay. for this one. Uh, Siskel and Ebert were not fans. They both gave this movie a thumbs down, but for very different reasons then okay I'm, I'm just gonna very quickly say i did enjoy the movie just as i enjoyed it many 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 times when i was a kid but i do have some really big problems with this movie my problems are not the same as siskel and ebert's problems they gave it a thumbs down because they said that the movie would cause children to want to run away from home they also said the plot is bad and the chipmunks voices are too squeaky and high-pitched which to me, if you're going to criticize it and say that the chipmunks voices are too squeaky and high pitched, that's like going to see Star Trek or Star Wars and saying, you know what? There were, there was just too much space. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what the chipmunks are known for. Right. If I mean, and again, I understand you're a movie critic, so you probably have to go, you know, watch and, and critique movies that you have no interest in seeing, but because it's your job, you have to go do it. But I mean, give it a fair shake, at least take into consideration. Right. This is a chipmunks movie. 
So there's going to be squeaky voices. Yeah, I think you, I think, right. That's, it is what it is. And you kind of have to put that disclaimer on there as I am not a fan of the chipmunks. So right. that is just going to annoy, you know, put in there that you're not a fan or just say, I don't think I was the intended demographic for this. You know, I mean, yeah. No motorcycle chases. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, cinema score. There was no cinema score for this one. Uh, the only award listed was that it was nominated for a young artist award for best motion picture animation. When uh, Dave heads up Europe on a business trip, Alvin wants desperately to go with him and see the world. When Alvin, Simon, Theodore and the Chipettes are approached by Claudia and her brother Klaus with a chance to compete in a race around the world, they immediately agree. It isn't until they're halfway around the globe that they realize they've been duped into smuggling diamonds. David Seville is going on a trip to Europe, and he's not taking the chipmunks. Please, take me with you, Dave. But he's left them in the hands of a most capable babysitter. Did it have to be Miss Miller, Dave? Hello? Anybody home? Dave has nothing to worry about. Or does he? We have people waiting around the world for $5 million in diamonds, and we can't get anyone to deliver them. Or can they? Join the chipmunks and the chipettes as they take off on an action-packed musical adventure around the world. So some interesting things about this movie. There's not a whole lot I could find on this movie. There's just not a whole lot out there about it. Um, But a a couple things. um, Production ran very long in this movie, so it was delayed. They originally had planned for this to come out at Christmas time. It came out at May. Um, Because of that, too, they ended up having to cut a lot of additional locations from the movie that the Chipmunks and Chipettes would have visited. So there are other countries gone to, other things that they would have seen, probably other musical numbers. But because the production of this movie was taking longer than expected. They just ended up cutting it short and saying, Nope, we're just going to go with what we got. Right. The other thing that I found really interesting about this, because I noticed this in watching the movie, um, was that you have the chipmunks who are animated very much in the same way. The chipmunks are always animated, um, in all the cartoons and everything else. But the humans in this were animated, particularly anybody who was not Dave. Well, I guess Dave kind of was too. Dave and, and Miss Miller, um, but even them, they were still kind of animated this way in a very, almost like a hyper-realistic kind of animation. And I remember watching it and thinking, you know, this actually reminds me a lot of some of that early Disney stuff, in particular when we did Black Cauldron about a year or two ago. Uh-huh. Which is really funny, because when I looked it up, one of the only things that I could find, like trivia-wise, about this movie was that Ross Bagdasarian Jr., uh, who was the owner of the chipmunks at this point, um, when they made this movie, 
it was right after when Disney's Black Cauldron bombed. And so the animators that Disney fired when that all happened and Disney was like, yeah, okay, nope, we're going to clean house, you know, get all these guys out. Um, and this would have been kind of right before the time when Little Mermaid was coming up and all that. So when they got brand new animators in for those movies and they started to be more successful, they had fired or let go all of the Black Cauldron people or many of the Black Cauldron people. And Ross Bagdasarian Jr. was able to kind of jump in, scoop them up and say, hey, I've got this little uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks movie I'd like you guys to work on. So I'm going to have you guys come in and work on that. So that's why you kind of get some of that. The the humans in this are are maybe a much higher quality of animation than what you might expect from a, a chipmunks movie. Um, but I thought that was kind of interesting. Cause I, I remember yeah. really thinking that I liked the animation in the black cauldron. And then when I saw it here, I was like, you know, as a kid, I don't remember, I don't remember this animation as a kid, but I, I wouldn't look for it. So, you know, right. Um, all right. Well, for this one, I, I have, okay. My one really big problem with this movie I'm going to bring it up here and just get it out of the way, man. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to get yeah. it out just yet because I know you have never seen this movie before. So I watched this movie. I probably watched it in the theater when it came out. Um, definitely watched it. We rented it or owned it on VHS as kids. And so we were watching this. I, I remember watching it many, many, many times. Um, you know, one of our favorite cartoons as kids. Um, so I like this movie and I, I, I still like most of the movie. I, I like the, I like the idea of it. I like the idea of them competing and racing around the world. Um, mm-hmm. But I do have a very, very big problem with this movie now, maybe especially now that I am both an adult and a father. Um, mm-hmm. I have big issue with this movie. But let me ask you first. This is the first time you saw this movie. So what did you think of it? Uh, okay. So first thing got me right off the bat is I really like the musical theme for it. Um, I, I really, that, I noticed that it was, to say a catchy tune, it sounds like you're describing a pop tune, so I don't, I don't want to describe it as a catchy tune, but I thought the, the melody was very grand and very sweeping, and I, I was just like, I, it made me want to listen more to it. I'm like, oh, wow, that, that's cool. That, that was a really cool movie theme. I, I really enjoyed that. It was the first thing I noticed. Um, I remember watching The Chipmunks as a kid. Um, I wasn't like a diehard fan. There were other cartoons that I think I liked a little bit better, and... Uh, um, so, I mean, I, you know, I, I was a fan, I watched it and everything, but, uh, this is the first time I watched the movie and I, you know, I was kind of torn with the, okay, uh, I'm watching a kid's movie. All right. Well, oh, but you know what? I bet you if my, and I didn't get a chance to watch it with my kids, but I'm like, you know what? I bet you they would have really liked it. Okay. I, I, I was actually going to ask you if you watched it with your kids or not. You know what? We just didn't have time to, to do that, okay. but, uh, um, I would. I definitely would. I'd sit and watch it with them, and I, I think they would enjoy it. And um, I think uh, the themes were simple enough for them. And I think for kids, I mean, it's like when you're listening to kids' music and kids' songs. You know, as much as you'd like to have kids that, you know, get excited for uh, uh, Mahler's Fifth Symphony and, you know, would break it down and all that kind of stuff, I, I think, you know, you listen to kids' music, and it's very simple and repetitive and all that mm-hmm. because it, it, for a kid's mind – that's that's something that they can relate to and understand and break down and so forth. And so I think it's the same way with movies. Um, and so, you know, the themes were, you know, pretty simple and pretty contrived. And there was an adventure and you kind of knew it was predictable and blah, 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 blah. But I think for young kids, I think they would enjoy that. Um, I thought the animations were beautiful. 
Um, you know, I, you know, like the, you brought up the thing with the black cauldron, so I don't need to reiterate that. But I mean, I, I find that pretty interesting. Um, and then there was, I forget the one other thing I was going to say, but I think yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, I I, I liked it. It was uh, uh, fun. I think definitely a kids movie. Um, yeah, and and that's that. Oh, I know what I was going to say. That after watching this movie, uh, it just made me go back and say, you know, good on Pixar. And good on the Lego movie and the Lego Batman movie people and all that. Because, you know, it seems like a foregone conclusion that whenever we see these movies now, you always say, oh, wow, it's a great kids movie. But you know what? There's humor and stuff in there that the adults can really appreciate. And, you know, you kind of look at that and you realize, wow, that's really hard to pull off. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's like, I mean, that's. Let's let's not, you know, Pixar is real, and and the Lego movies have really made us kind of take that for granted. Let's not take that for granted when when you've got a movie that really is for all ages and where there is something that everybody can enjoy. That that's 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 rare, and that's that's pretty cool because like this, okay, I, I could enjoy it with the kids. I don't think I'd watch it on my own. Um, even like, you know, well. I'm trying to think of like the Aladdins and the Little Mermaid and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I th- I think I'd watch like, you know, that those approach it. I think like Lion King, Aladdin because there's Robin Williams is in it. Yeah. Um, but I yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, it. Those are the other ones. Those those are kind of kids movies. But when you get into that stuff that, you know, where where it really has something for everybody, that's that's rare. I guess yeah. I'll I'll finish off by saying that. Yeah. Um, was there anything in particular that you didn't like about the movie? Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say this and you're going to laugh, but I, I I think (laughs) not a big fan of the voices. I mean, I can, I can take them in small doses. Were they they too squeaky? Uh, was it just, you know, it just was, I I don't know. I, it's not, not squeaky. Mm -hmm. But I guess you you said you're not necessarily a big fan of the chipmunks anyway. I, I wasn't, and and it wasn't like it wasn't like I would turn it off or I wouldn't watch it. But it's yeah. sort of like I thought it was cool they did musical numbers, and in one sense, here's the music teacher in me. You know, the voices, the, their voices are a little bit higher pitched, and kids' voices are a little higher, so that makes it that mm-hmm. much easier for kids to sing along to. And right. so I get that, but all I hear is just someone's voice that's been electronically treated so that it sounds higher and it just yeah. it, it just sounds a little fakey for me but i'm a 38 yeah. year old man and so that's different when you're right. maybe six seven eight year old i also i've got to check i don't want to get my mom into trouble here but i want to say that uh my mom also she's a musician uh, i shudder to think of putting myself in the class of musician she's in but i mean it's uh you know she, and she is definitely not like a snooty musician by any means. I mean, she's classically trained and all that, but she also would do like kids' birthday parties, like song and guitar and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, she, and she was a music teacher and did preschool and all that. So she gets a little kid. But I, re- I think I remember growing up and her just saying, yeah, I can take the chipmunks in little doses, but I can't listen to a whole album of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, I mean, obviously you're affected by what your parents think and all that. I got to check with her to make sure I, I got that right. But I think I kind of always grew up as... Okay, yeah, I, I can take them in a little doses, and and that's good. Yeah, like I, I, and and I kind of wonder that too, especially as an adult. Is 
uh, do you really need a full length Chipmunks movie? Yeah. Um, and they've remade them. They did the the computer animated Chipmunks the last uh, few years or so when they brought out those Chipmunk movies. Um, and, and those were kind of cute. I mean, I think uh, I want to say maybe my kids saw part of one of those, maybe when it was on TV at one point, or um, you know, maybe we were over at uh, grandparents' house or something, and it was on the TV. But kind of the same way with the as an adult with the voices, I'm like you know, I, I can take it if it's a half hour cartoon on Saturday morning. But after a while, this just gets to be a little bit, a little bit much. Right. And I mean, hey, I live by the sword. I die by the sword. I'm just going to say, I don't think I'm the target audience. Right. right. You know, so, I mean, I, I can't knock it. I'm, I'm sure, you know, if kids like it and they'll sit through it, then then there you go. You know? Yeah. Well, and I thought what was kind of interesting about this movie was how adult the situation was. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there, there could have been any number of ways that we could have got these kids into like this you know, race around the globe. Uh, in these hot air balloons and, and, you know, picking up these dolls and this other stuff. And I just thought it was kind of interesting. And again, as a kid, you know, I didn't pick up on the fact that this was a a very adult situation, but um, you know, they're, they're smuggling these diamonds uh, and they're trading the diamonds for the cat and um, you know, didn't necessarily pick up on the whole thing that, you know, the, this investigator was Interpol coming after them. And there was this whole network of criminals around the world that somehow had, you know, set up these dolls in a matter of hours and, this whole convoluted plot to get all these, there's gotta be an easier way to smuggle diamonds is all I'm saying. Right. Um, but, uh, even that aside, you know, some of that, you know, cartoon plot stuff where you're like, eh, okay, I can, I can let it slide. Cause it's a cartoon. It just, some of those situations struck me as particularly adult. Um, this time around watching the movie as an adult. Um, all right. I, I think I just gotta, I gotta jump right into it. I did watch this. I got to go for it. Um, did watch this with the kids. Cause I thought, you know, this is one that I loved as a kid and, and I, you know, I got to watch this for the podcast so we can talk about it. Um, and whenever there's a kid's movie, I always have the kids watch it. So they've watched like an American tale and the transformers movie and, um, princess bride and, and all of these other movies they've watched with us as long as it's one that's, you know, appropriate for a, a nine year old and a six year old. And we watched this one, uh, just a few days ago. Mm-hmm. And as I'm watching it, I'm sitting there and I'm having this, this very different reaction than the last time I saw this. And, and again, the last time I saw this, I was probably 10 years old, mm-hmm. um, maybe 11 years old, but it's been 20 some years, 25 years, probably since I've seen this movie. And here I am, I'm sitting here watching this with Sharon and the kids. And I am now a father who has a six year old daughter. Mm-hmm. And a six-year-old daughter who, you know, likes to, you know, take dance classes and, and do all this other stuff. She likes music. She likes dance. And, it, and I'm watching on the screen as these chipettes, as the girls, are doing these musical numbers and these dances. And they're ending up in situations where their clothes are either torn and tattered or they're wearing skimpy, revealing outfits. And they're supposed to be like eight to ten years old. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, that just hit me. And again, I'm not, I'm not saying that as like, Oh, you should never have cartoon characters wear, you know, skimpy outfits. And that's not, I mean, that's not even really it. It's not me trying to be a prude and saying, you know, Oh, this is, this is questionable, you know, shame, shame on you. It was more of a, why was some of that necessary? Yeah. Like 
you can still do, you can still do the dances. You can still do the songs, but why do I need to see a little peek of their underwear? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if, if this was live action and you had, you know, 10 year old kids, 10 year old girls that were on screen and you had a scene where, you know, they were left shipwrecked or something and, and their clothes were kind of torn and their hair was messed up. I don't think, I mean, I think they would be very intentional not to show any like 10 year old girl underwear well, on yeah, the screen. You, you kind of feel like a dirty, you kind of feel like a dirty old man sitting there and it's right. just like, uh, I, uh, when you, and you have, yeah. they have these dance routines. Uh, they have these dance routines where as they're dancing around their skirts fly up a little bit and you're seeing their underwear. And I just kept thinking, I, I, I'm like, I liked this movie as a kid. It's a fun and entertaining movie for my kids, but at the same time, I don't know. I mean, do I want, I don't necessarily want my six-year-old daughter to watch that mm-hmm. and come away trying to emulate that. And, and not that she's analyzing the movie as much as I am, but at the same time, it, it is going into her brain mm-hmm. and it's there at least a little bit. Um, you know, I, not even, well, I mean, go into the whole song of when they get, uh, captured by the Arabian prince and they have to charm the snakes. Yes. And, you know, as a kid, I never knew that that song, uh, I never knew what the phrase get lucky meant. Yeah. And so, you know, the whole dancing around in, in skimpy outfits, um, you know, with snakes slithering all around them and singing a song about getting lucky with someone. I didn't pick up on that as a kid. Right. So that, when that one came up, I was like, Whoa, wait a minute. Um, I remember this scene. I don't remember the lyrics to the song. And now that I'm hearing the lyrics to the song, that's a little, that's a little off. There's something a little wrong about that. You're you're like, you're like the kid at the end of uh, honey. I shrunk the kid. Oh, I get it. French class, you know, the whole joke, the whole time it finally dawns on him, you know, like you're watching this and then all it only, it only took a quarter of a century for me to figure it out, but yeah, yeah. 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 So I don't know. I mean, that as, as much as I like this movie as a kid and as much as I want to say that I like this movie now as an adult, if they, if they took that aspect of it out, mm-hmm. I'd be totally fine with it. Right. I, I think it's a fun, entertaining little movie. Um, you know, the, if you, if you like the chipmunks, it's a, it's a fun movie, but I don't know. I, I almost think, and normally I wouldn't say this. I almost think that part of it, the, the, like the sexualizing of the chipettes. Oh, um, I think it might ruin this movie for me. Yeah. And they do. And I looked at it again. I looked at it. And I was like, okay, well, um, I don't want to be one-sided on this. Did they do the same with the boys? And they did have in the scene with the, you know, very racist, uh, South American tribe yeah. that yeah, captures that them. Was, yeah. Um, that was also in and of itself a bit of a problem maybe. Yeah, um, yeah. And not even maybe it was a bit of a problem, but um, you know, that one, they were like in these little loincloths and I was like, okay, that's kind of similar, but it's not like they're, you know, it's not like they're in these loincloths, like, you know, you know, thrusting their hips around or doing anything like that. Whereas in the girls, they are, they're in these tiny little outfits and they're dancing provocatively and, you know, I'm like, I'm looking at this going, I, I don't want to sound like a prude, but at the same time, I don't, I don't think I like this. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I don't know. I actually put a poll out on Twitter to ask people uh, if I was crazy or not. I was like, do you think that they uh, were being too sexual? Uh, what did I say? I said, does the chipmunk adventure make the chipettes too sexy? And the options I gave were that people could vote yes. on were, no. yes, it's creepy. No, it's a cartoon. And what's a chipette? Mm-hmm. So the responses I got, I got 20% said, what's a chipette? So maybe they didn't see the movie. Okay. Um, I got 40% said, yes, it's creepy. And 40% said, no, it's a cartoon. Okay. So kind of straight down the middle. Yeah. But I don't know as much as I like this as a kid, as much as I like the different songs, you know, the, the other songs are a lot of fun. Uh, the, the, my mother song where they've got the little penguin. It's a very sweet song. Um, the girls and boys of rock and roll. That was always a fun one where they're kind of facing off against each other and, and doing that. Um, getting to see the different locations around the world, whether they're stereotypical or not. Um, you know, that stuff was always kind of fun to me. I always thought that was kind of cool. Um, but I don't know. I, I think, I think the way that the chipettes were handled in terms of their clothing maybe ruins this for the movie for me now, 25 years later. Right. Right. So. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, um, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a little bit like, whoa, okay. You know, when, when you kind of look at that and, I, I didn't, it didn't, it wasn't shocking to me. It wasn't ruining the movie for me, but I did notice it. It was like, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that was okay. We're, we're seeing a little bit of, you know, <clears throat> cleavage there. We're right. seeing just a, a little bit of, okay. okay yeah, why, uh, why, why is this? And this is their age and oh, kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I, uh, yeah. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. That was, uh, that, yeah, that's that's questionable. And I think, you know, there's some people, oh, I don't care, you know, whatever. And, um, you know, that's that's fine. But, uh, yeah, I just, yeah, you don't need to do that. Right. Well, and I, I wasn't I wasn't expecting it. I Again, I had seen this movie many, many times growing up. Um, and it just, and I, I, I wasn't looking for a reason to really criticize this movie. I was looking forward to being like, Oh, I haven't seen this movie in a really long time. I loved it as a kid. Can't wait to show my kids this. And then throughout the entire thing, I just had this really kind of uneasy feeling of, huh? Yeah. That part. If you don't mind me asking, what did Sharon think of it? The same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I asked her, um, when I started to ask her tonight, I'm like, you know what? I, I have a question to ask you really quick before I go down and, and we record the podcast, uh, because right. I want to make sure that I'm not sounding crazy. And before I even got the question out of my mouth, she said the exact same thing. Yeah. She was right there with you. So, so yeah, no. So, I mean, we were, we were on the same page with it and I was like, Oh, you know, I, I don't have a problem having shown the kids this once. Um, probably won't, wouldn't ever show them again. I mean, there's plenty of other things to watch, but, um, you know, I'm like, it was a fun movie. We watched it. They're young enough that that's not going to mess them up for life. And we'll just move on and watch other things. But yeah, I don't know. It just was, well, and, it wasn't what I, I was expecting. And, and I, I really, I know we've gotten into discussing all different sides of this, this issue on the podcast, but I think, I think sensibilities have changed. And I think, yeah. you know, if we could widen it a little bit, you know, it's the joke of, Ah, well, the, the brainy one always has glasses. Right. And, you know, I mean, and that's kind of a, that's, 
you know, neither here nor there. I mean, I wear glasses and, uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily think I'm the brainiac. You know what I mean? But I mean, it's like you, you see that. And so I think you're, you're, you're just coming up against this thing where, okay, well, the girls are, we're going to sex sells. And as creepy as that is to say, and I'm just going to flat out say it, it's creepy to say that with when you're talking about someone that's supposed to be 10, 11 or whatever years old, whether it's a chipmunk or a whatever, right. personified as a human, they, they stick that in there. And it's yeah. kind of like, yeah, we really, we really don't need to do that. Um, you know, it's just, we really just, we just don't need to do that. Well, and you have, yeah. like, you have some of those stories of, or, or people accuse Disney animators of sneaking inappropriate things into the Disney movies. And, you know, yeah. sometimes do they, you know, do they make, do they make some of these Disney princesses too, you know, visually appealing, um, more so than a cartoon should be. And, um, you know, I, which I'm just going to say, if, I, I, if the princess is supposed to be like, you know, well, I'm 38. So if I say 18, I'm just going to sound like a complete freak show. So right, I don't right. mean that, but if, if they're portraying someone that's supposed to be an adult, that's one thing when you're right. talking about 10, 11, 12 year olds, I right. mean, that's, that's where it's, that's, that's borderline. And yeah. you're right. I'm, we're saying it as parents. We're saying it as someone that's an educator. You're, you're portraying kids. And yeah. so tread very, very lightly when you're doing that. That's there, was all actually, there was actually a thing I saw somebody, a friend of mine, and I saw kind of commented on this on Facebook a few days ago. Apparently there is a line of uh, Disney princess lingerie for adult women Uh, that has come out and, and apparently people on the internet have kind of taken this. It's like almost a 50, 50 split. Some people are like, Hey, if if that's what you're into, have fun. Enjoy. Um, other people are like, this is horrible. There should never be anything like this. These are supposed to be characters from a children's movie. Um, you know, that's disgusting that you would take it that direction and, and, you know, use it in that way. And, and I, I mean, maybe I fall down on the side of, is this for adults? Then okay, whatever. Yeah, if it's in, if it's yeah, it's not my business what goes on in someone's bedroom. You know, right. I mean, it's like. That. But if it's a cartoon for children and yes. it's a character that's supposed to be young, and you're depicting it in such a way, then that's where I got a problem with it. Right, and I mean, okay, let go go to a bar on Halloween, and what are you going to see? I mean, oh, all, yeah. every every costume is the. Sorry, we're not. Chipmunks has become the un, family unfriendly podcast all of a sudden. But I'm just going to say. You know, you go to a bar on Halloween and it's just always like, oh, well, what are you as? I'm a pirate. And then the females all have the sexy pirate costume. And then there's the this. And then the females have the sexy this costume and all that. And it's kind of like, that's fine. I mean, whatever. I don't care. You're of the appropriate age, whatever. Okay, whatever. Now, when those costumes start permeating their way down so that. Right. You know, the kids that we teach are walking into school and that's the costume Mm -hmm. they're wearing. Hey, forget about it. That's not right. right. You know, that's, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's because we're, I mean, part of it could be because we're now obviously not the target demographic, but we're also fathers and we're adults right. and we also happen to be teachers. So I don't know if that makes us more sensitive to this kind of thing than if we weren't teachers and, and weren't fathers and, and all that. But I mean, you know, you have a young daughter, I have a young daughter and mm-hmm. it's kind of, that came to mind when it wouldn't have come to mind before that that would maybe be something that would bother me. And well, and, and 
not one of them. And it gets into this thing where, you know, some people can become dismissive of this, but it gets into that thing where, you know, it's the same reason that adult content is adult content. Because when you're younger, right. you see that and, you know, it might be, oh, well, that just must be the norm. That must just be what's expected. That must just be. So you start putting that stuff in a kid's show and now all of a sudden it's that, oh, well, all the girls, that's what girls should do. And that's right. what girls should wear. And that's right. And it, it becomes implied. Now, someone can just say, oh, well, you're a prude. That's not how it works. And da, da, da. Well, no, that is how it works. I mean, usually, you know, I mean, when you see those images enough, then you become to think that, OK, well, that's OK. I mean, I got to be straight up. I mean, that's the same way on the other side of the spectrum. My mom wasn't too keen on us watching Tom and Jerry because Tom and Jerry were always smacking each other with things and going after each other with things. And it was violence. And right. my mom right. just said, you don't even be watching that stuff. You know, and I mean, we'd question her and good luck questioning mom. I mean, when she says that's what goes, but it's the same thing. Now, there wasn't blood and gore and guts and all that kind of stuff, but it was still you just you see that enough. And then you kind of think, well, that's that's OK. And, and I, I think you, we just have to be very careful with those images. Right. Right. So. All right. Well, do we have any final thoughts on the chipmunk adventure? I just want to say that Laura, as the X-23, didn't need to resort to that kind of stuff to be the toughest girl character that I've ever seen on the screen anywhere, no, that, any place, any time. That, that is also true. I'm just saying. She didn't need to do it. So they don't need to do it. No. So be, be like Laura. I just want to say, final thoughts, that was a cool video game. I wish they made that video game. I, you, you know, know I, I remember that as a kid. I remember thinking, like, man, I wish this video game was real because that's awesome with the hot air balloons yeah. and the it looks like a jukebox and it's, yeah. Yeah, it looks like seriously, like it, like that and the and the video game from the last Starfighter should be like mm -hmm. right next to each other, and that would probably, um, that would probably account for you know my uh, my uh, that would that would suck up my salary bump. Let's just mm -hmm. say that. I mean, I I would uh, I would and, play and, I, and I would throw in the video game from Superman three. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Good call. Yeah, no, I remember that as a kid. I remember thinking, oh, man, that's a really cool game with the, the hot air balloons. and They're racing each other yeah. side by side. And I would totally play that game if it existed. And I remember thinking that as a kid. Yeah. I, and, and, you know, the concept of this movie, I thought it was cool, you know, going to um, various um, um, parts of the world and, and showing yeah. them in an uh, ethnically unsensitive manner. That was sure. exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm being sarcastic again. But the travel was cool. And the idea, I mean, I was, I kind of loved around the world in 80 days. So, I mean, I, I, I like that idea of the, the hot air balloon travels and everything like that. Theodore, um, was, Theodore was my first exposure to foreign food. What was? To foreign food. Theodore oh, was geez. my first exposure to foreign food, you know, as he goes to all the other countries and tries to order these dishes that he ultimately never gets to eat. Yep. 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 Mm. That's cool. First um, time I think I ever heard couscous. There it is, man. And now that stuff's like a health. Statement. It's all over the place, yeah. So there's couscous um, in my fridge, right? So <laughs> there it is. The uh, but yeah, all thanks, all thanks to Theodore. The um, it was cool. The penguins were cute. I like yeah. how they all pelted them with the uh, snowballs. Mm -hmm. That part was good. Yeah, the kids love that. Um, yeah, it was, it was it was a fun movie. It was a fun movie, you know. Alrighty. Well, that's going to do it for the chipmunk adventure for us. We've made it all the way around the world. Mm -hmm. uh, the chipmunk adventure here. So, um, 
So if you want to get in touch with us, there are several ways you can do that. Um, three zero. So all of these are three zero podcast. Um, if you want to email us, we're at 30 podcast at gmail.com. We, our website is 30 podcast.com. That has all the different ways to get in touch with us on Twitter. We are at 30 podcast, uh, which we are very, we are very much on our way to getting 500 followers. Oh, geez, that's a- it is. It has gone nuts. We are over. I think the last time I looked, we were at like four fifty-seven, and I want to oh. say that like was it like a week or two ago we were at three fifty or or something like that. So, cool, so man. it's 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 growing. It's growing. Um, we are. We're also on Facebook. Facebook.com slash thirty podcast. We're on Instagram. Uh, you can listen to us from Stitcher, the Satchel Player, Google Play Podcast, iTunes. You can listen to us directly on the podcast. Uh, website at 30podcast.com. Um, so any of those ways you want to get a hold of us. We also have a voicemail line. So if you want to call into the show and have your comments featured on the show, uh, we'll respond to them. The voicemail line is uh, 87235-MOVIE. That's 872-356-6843. And we will respond to those. Our next episode coming up next week is going to be Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. We are in our Good Journey Month. Uh, in which people are going on adventures and these cross-country, cross-world adventures. So next time is planes, trains, and automobiles. And then finally, at the end of the month, we finish up with Masters of the Universe. Um, Oh, and one thing I forgot to say, um, the brother of the two diamond uh, smugglers, uh, the brother Klaus. Yes. Yeah, so I mentioned that he was in Masters of the Universe. The guy who did the voice for Klaus was Blade from Masters of the Universe. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. So he was also in Star Trek Voyager, but I forgot what character he played. He was in, you know, like a handful of episodes uh, as an alien in Star Trek Voyager. But when I saw that, I was like, that guy's face looks really familiar. And then I saw he was in Masters of the Universe. So I went to go look it up and he was Blade um, from the Masters of the Universe movie. Cool. So, so that's the one we are finishing the month with. So if you are wanting to get ahead again, next week, we're doing planes, trains, automobiles. And then finally we're finishing off the month of April with masters of the universe. Um, we have a whole bunch of other movies coming up. Uh, we will post the schedule of those movies on our website. Uh, but one other thing that we're doing, and if you'd like to start sending us in some feedback right now, uh, for those who don't know, this is the 40th anniversary coming up in May 40th anniversary of the original star Wars. Uh, in May, we are going to be doing, we're going to, we're going to temporarily transform into the 40 something movie podcast. Uh, and in May, we're going to be doing a very special episode in which we go back and take a look at the original Star Wars. So Star Wars Episode 4, um, going back to take a look at that one. So if you want to send us some feedback in for that one, that one's coming up towards the end of May. Uh, so feel free to start sending in some stuff now. And we can, wait, we can wait, that. we're recording that at the end of May? Uh, yeah, yeah, sometime. Oh, toward- but I was going to go into Tashi Station and pick up some power converters. You know, you can waste time with your friends when your chores are done. <laughs> Oh, that's going to be fun. you got to understand, I need you here, Pat. It's only one more season. just isn't fair. That's what you said when Biggs and Tank left. That's okay. going to be fun. 40 years, oh. holy buckets. I know. So that one, I, that's going to be another one where we're probably going to have like a two-hour show because we're going to quote the whole thing and then... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for us tonight. So uh, in the meantime, be excellent to each other go watch some good movies. We'll see you all back here next week for planes, trains, and automobiles. Bye now.